This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win beer with WinBet. Download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And we're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or the Instacat by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And PropSwap, it's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 and bonus cash, head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And StableDuel, it's a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as 40K with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com and get started today. And in honor of the masses, we are giving away a tailor-made stealth driver. Just go to SGPN slash Masters or click on the contest link in the SGPN app. All right, welcome back, DGens, for the Masters Betting Show. Uh, we are fully recovered from our uh, two-hour slog last night with the uh, the Fatal Four Way. Uh, it's your boy Boston Gaffer with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer, and a very special guest from Yahoo Sportsbook, Pamela Maldonado. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited it's Masters Week. <laughs> I know this is the best week of the year for golf. It has to be. It has it, to be like the. I mean, it's. Like the level of excitement that I had prior to like Monday, I was like, oh, the Masters. And then Monday hit and I was like, it's the Masters. <laughs> That's right. It's just a whole different level. Oh, sure. And then it's just like a content bonanza and everything. It just, it's, it's, it's great. So I like yeah. the U.S. Open too, though, because Father's Day is on it. And so, yeah, that, that, oh, that, that usually, nice. yeah, it lines up well for, for dad. That is, so, that is so. true. <laughs> and, and you're going to give yourself a Father's Day gift by going to Boston probably back to your hometown for the, the U.S. Open, right? No, man. I mean, the tickets are so absurd. Like, I mean, right. It's crazy. I don't know. Andy was giving me uh, shit for it, too. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Well, why don't we kick off the show since we're talking about the Masters and how excited we are. So, you know, Pamela, like, you know, I mean, obviously, there's been so many great moments with the Masters in history. You got all the stuff with Tiger and, like, you know, Phil winning in 2010 and everything. So, you know, why don't you run down, like, what's some of your favorite Masters memories that kind of makes you, like, really excited to jump into this week? My boy, Willie Z. It was just last year. <laughs> it was just last year. But I have been touting this horn since he was on the Corn Ferry Tour. I said, this guy is going to be something. He is going to be fantastic. Look at how good he is. He makes it look so easy. It's just a natural ease. My obsession right now is 18-year-old Carlos Arcaraz in ATP tennis. My obsession last year was Will Zalatoris. And I was saying, he's going to win the Masters. He's going to win the Masters. And gosh darn it, he finished in second. And he could have, he could have, he could have had it. And he putted the best he's ever putted. He played the best he's ever played. That was his opportunity. It was exciting though, holding that. Um, I think I had, I think my ticket was like 50 to one because I had gotten him like months before he was even anything. Right. Um, and so like having that ticket in hand coming down the stretch and it being an actual possibility it was exciting. <laughs> yeah, he's a great lag putter, man. Lag putters do really well uh at Augusta and uh, yeah, I trust him from 70 feet. It's the 3 feet that makes me nervous as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that putt three inches. Little, yeah, 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 that exactly. putt's just a little shaky. Whenever yeah. he takes it back, just I see it open up like, "Oh god, this is going to get way right." So yeah. It's like watching Brady run. You just don't want to see yeah. it happen. <laughs> exactly. 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 So yeah, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny with Will's Alice Horace that like, I mean, you think he was such a bad putter, but he was so great at the Masters last He's year like. So good. Yeah. It's something about that place where I guess guys you just can't putt. You just go there and putt. So, yep. all right, while we transition too, so there's uh, another big name in the field. We got uh, Tiger Woods, and obviously he is stealing all the oxygen, I think, out of the room of everybody. <laughs> uh, he had the press conference today. He basically announced that he's going to play. So there's a lot of, like, props and stuff that you can bet on. So 
I guess like high level, like I guess what's your expectations for Tiger? You think he's actually going to do anything this week? I'm not touching him. I'm not fading him. I'm not backing him. If he does well, if Tiger Woods can do well, hey, that's great for the game of golf. That's great for fans across the world. Um, but from a betting perspective, it's a guessing game. It is 100% gambling betting on Tiger Woods, even if it is anything at plus money. What I do ex- appreciate about the excitement of it is that, yeah, there is a possibility that he could actually contend because I think something that's not being talked about is maybe the accident, as horrific as it was, could potentially be like a blessing in disguise because he was battling a lot of injuries for so long and maybe this accident gave him the time, forced him to have the time to recuperate on some of those, get a little bit healthy that he would never have allotted, allotted himself to have before. So maybe he's coming into this with the best back that he's ever felt. Maybe he's coming into this, you know, no, no muscle soreness from anywhere, no pains, no aches. And it's just a matter of are you in match form? And we'll see. We'll find out. Um, it's going to be exciting if you saw those practice rounds that he had. Yeah. It was already like it was a Sunday round. It was just like stacked from inch to inch. People were lining up to watch him. So what do I expect? I, well, just make it through day one. <laughs> just make it through day one is my expectation. <laughs> I like that take, though. I never thought of it that way, that all the rest and recovery, even though obviously it was a horrific injury and that in and of itself is tough. But, yeah, the rest of the rest of his body was allowed to heal. That's yeah. uh, I never thought of it that way. I like that. Yeah, that's like actually it. a great take because yeah. I was thinking the opposite. But now that you actually describe it like that, that actually makes a ton of sense where, really you know, you got a guy like Tiger who's just always go, go, go. And now he's like, all right, I actually have to stop okay. and mm-hmm. actually fix myself. And he still that's looks jacked. He still looks jacked. <laughs> well, you show me you show me that picture of him doing that full turn. And I'm oh. like, oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. I wish I could do that. I was going to say, I can't do a full turn. Like, <laughs> no, <okay>. definitely not. <laughs> I would break my back if I tried to do that. All right. So why don't we start, like, getting an introduction as far as, like, a high level this week? What are you looking for? You know, like, there's been a lot of gambling leans as far as, like, you know, with mm-hmm. the weather and, like, you know, this driving distance going to matter, how long the golf course is going to play. So you know, why don't you just give us, like, a high-level view, kind of what you're looking for this week and how that kind of formulated your betting card? I'm definitely, number one, looking at driving distance. It has rained a shitload in March in Augusta. Today? It has just, like, it rained a lot today. It's going to continue raining tomorrow. There's probably going to be some rain on the weekend, at least for a little bit. You're talking about so much rain that it's going to lengthen the course. It's already 7,500 yards because they lengthened it from last year. So now you're talking about this is the longest that it's been in course history, in tournament history, the longest course they've played. And now you're going to add wind as a factor because there's supposed to be, like, 25-mile-per-hour gusts. And now you're having the rain on top of the wind. It's going to be long. You're going to be talking about like maybe reaching 7,800 yards. And what is that going to do? You're not going to get any roll from that. So I'm first and foremost looking at at driving distance. I'm looking at how well you do off with your long iron play. And then, of course, course history. That matters so importantly. I don't care so much that you've done well or done poorly at Augusta. I want to know that you just have experience here at this course. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I, one thing with the weather, too, is it's going to be so cold there that the ball is just not going to go anywhere. So you're right. This thing is going to be so long. And if you kind of look back at some Masters with similar weather conditions, like 2016, 2017, kind of similar a little bit. Like, a lot of guys with length up at the top. A lot of guys were missing greens that week. And a lot of those guys were, you know, pretty good around the green, too. So, yeah, like, I yeah. think I'm with you. 
Uh, that's pretty much my lean this week. You know, there's going to be some exceptions to the rule where there are going to be some shorter hitters who just are amazing in a couple other areas that might provide some value. But yeah, like, I mean, you know, if they're not, if they don't want the length, I think you definitely have to have a really good short game, really good putting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But otherwise though, like with, if, if you, you have, have length, both, even better. Exactly. And that's Absolutely. the secret sauce this week. So why don't we take a break and we'll start uh, getting to our picks. All right, well, listen, if you guys are looking for Las Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand, look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from five-star Win Resorts properties. From classic table games to the best slot thrills and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive a 100% first match up to $1,000. Make sure to get down on the wins, bet $10 to win $200 promotion, where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in Free bets. And because it's Masters Week, the win has a special golf contest for the weekend. Bet $100 on golf from Thursday through Sunday, and you'll be entered to win a golf experience on the only golf course on the strip, the Win Golf Club. Multiple entries are allowed if a patron wagers $1,000 on Major Golf Championship Thursday through Sunday. They get 10 entries into the prize draw. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit WYNNBet.com to get started. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at WinBet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And in honor of their Masters Week, we are giving away a tailor-made stealth driver. All you got to do is go to the SGPN Masters or click on the contest link in the SGPN app. Super easy, brand new driver that's insanely hard to get. I mean, it's a sexy, sexy looking driver to me. So, uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be jumping in on that. All right. Can I get in on that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I'll shoot. I'll, I'll shoot you the link uh, when we get off. The, um, all right. So, all right. what are we doing first, Steve? We doing matchups? No. Why don't we do? Uh, let's get right to it with our right bets. All right. I love it. All right. So, right, just right at the top of the show, Pamela. Who are your big bets to win this week? I am absolutely just like okay. So, what I said before the podcast was this is the most studying research that I have done for the PGA in a while. And I am so convinced that I am hitting absolutely everything, which means I'm going to hit nothing. But I am super, super just convinced that either Brooks Kepka at 20 to 1, Justin Thomas 16 to 1, or Cam Smith is going to win this tournament. I'm so convinced one of those three players is going to come out with the outright win. Okay. I'm certain of it. Yep. Love it. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, with Brooks, I mean, obviously he's tough. He's got big, you know, bit distance off the tee. You got JT kind of. Seems like all the roads are going to lean to JT this week. And then Cam Smith, I mean, like, that's kind of the guy who maybe doesn't have quite as much length, but he does all the other things really well. And, like, On yeah. Like, I, though, you guys are talking about, we're talking about length, how it's such an important thing. And Cam mm-hmm. Smith, maybe he doesn't pop off as being, like, a top 10 in driving distance. Yeah. But if you look at how he does on a long course, 7,500 yards, he's finishing in the top 10. He's mm-hmm. finding ways to get to the green. And when he does, he's one-putting. That's yeah. what I need. <laughs> that's, <laughs> we talked about it. If you don't have the distance, then you better have the short game. Nope. I trust his putting. I trust his short, his around the green, his chip. His, I love his chip shots, and if he can just like, fight, as long as the win, maybe he gets like a a little bit of luck um, with a good slate of like maybe he doesn't get the win in the morning or avoid some of the rain, whatever it is. But some of those splits are going to really come into play, and maybe he could end up on the right side of it. I trust his short game enough and his experience enough. He's done well in big field events, yep. and I trust all three guys to come out with a win. All right, I love it. Boston Capper, why don't you recap who you're on this week? Yeah, so I'm with you on JT. I love JT. Everything everything points to JT. 
Um, I, listen, I agree with you. I think Cam Smith could definitely win this thing. He just won the players cash ticket for me there. The number was just too short for me. Uh, I know it's, it's dumb if it wins, it wins. But, uh, so uh, after JT, I went to Xander. Uh, he was playing good up until the match play. Uh, he's long off the tee. He does everything well, nothing exceptionally well. Uh, he seems to be kind of flying under the radar. The number drifted a little bit. Um, I was able to get him at 25 to one. So I'm taking Xander. And then, uh, for three longer shots, I got Hatton at 66, uh, just because he's a great long iron player. He's sneaky long. He averages over 300 off the tee. Um, and he's another guy who can just drain a 25 footer, 36 footer, one putt once he gets up there. And then Shane Lowry, if it's going to be shitty weather, uh, and, uh, somebody who can win a major, uh, I trust Lowry. He was in great form through the Florida swing. I saw him do the hole in one in person. Uh, while I was hanging out on 16, uh, 16 green at TPC. Uh, and then I always go back to my boy Siwoo. Um, he's got a good course. Yeah. He's got a good course history here. Um, as has been referenced a thousand times, he putted the back nine on, it was a Friday or Saturday with a goddamn five wood and still came in 12th right after snapping his putter. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I love, I love Siwoo. I have room for one more and I talked about this last night. I'm going back and forth. Uh, the ROM number is tempting. But it's really between Brooks for me at 18 and and then Cantlay at 25 after uh, my buddy Andy made a pretty strong case for Cantlay. Form's really bad, but I don't know if that matters so much. But I don't know. I love Brooksy. The problem is, is uh, do you follow curses, Tim? I'm sorry? Do you follow curses? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Brooks is cursed one way, and then he got – Canceled out because somebody else said they couldn't win. So it like neutralizes. I just don't know which force is stronger. The neutral, yeah, the, the <laughs> unstoppable force means, means an immovable object this week. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to pull the trigger on Brooks. The number hasn't moved. I was hoping it would drift a little bit. It's not going down either. The books are always scared to, to lay a good number on Brooks in major season. I think I'm just going to have to bite the bullet. And I think Brooks will probably be the last one that I add to my gut. Yeah. That's the thing with this week. It seems like, I mean, you just thinking about the masters it just seems like, like the biggest guys are just going to win and the books know. And all these prices are so short. So at that point, I just felt like I had to eat it with some of my prices and just pick the guys I liked and just went from there. So um, I did an elimination style, like run through the field, just look at how winners have been coming in and let me six guys. And I kind of liked the list and kind of fit my card. So I did it. So I started with JT 14 to one again, kind of all roads kind of seem like it's pointing to JT. You got the length. He's got the iron play. He got around the green game. Good bunker play. You know, this is. And the caddy. caddy. There's yeah, also the caddy. Some- no one's talking about his caddy. <laughs> yep, I, all- I actually referenced him in my article today about uh, about you did that. actually. I did. I did. I, I, who knows the course better than Bones? No one. I but am no the by the way, in post, but that's okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, so <clears throat> there's also something, too, where, like, in your seventh Masters, you tend to jump up a level as far as your expected performance, and he's in the seventh Masters. Like, everything is kind of pointing his way. I think I'm a little concerned about him and the weather, but you know what? He just hit the ball so great. We'll see how it goes. You know, I don't really care that Rory had a bad performance last week. You know, I mean, like we've talked about Rory coming into all these events before and it's like, all right, he's peaking. Like, I think he didn't win like the week before Kiowa or maybe two weeks before. And that didn't go so well for him. Like, it's it's, so maybe something different where, listen, nobody's talking about him. And maybe it's possible he just got all the bad juju out. And if you throw that out, you'll get kind of everything else. He's got some really good finishes this year. Like, he played well at Bay Hill, played well at Genesis, played well in the Middle East. Like, again, length. Decent iron play, really good bunker player too, good experience here. And then those 16 and 17 masters where it was really cold and windy, got two top tens there. I know he can do it in, at that type of Augusta, so I'm good with that. 
I was trying to hope that Xander might maybe float back to like 30 or so. He didn't, so I just bit the bullet at 25. Again, kind of similar stuff. Like, he's been flying a little bit under the radar. The performance this year has been good. Not great, but he's been great here. I think a lot of his putter, excuse me, his problems have been with the putter. He hasn't been on bank grass. Maybe put on bank grass now. That's going to work for him. And then I went down the card. Uh, I'm also on Shane Lowry at 66 to 1. Um, you know, he just he checks a lot of boxes. Just if it's going to be cold, windy, he's been good at the, in those conditions. Great iron player. Pretty good out of a bunker too. Good long iron player as well. Um, <clears throat> so this is kind of the sheepish one. Tommy Fleetwood ended up making that list. <laughs> and it's a hundred to one. I just like, you know what? Hundred to one Fleetwood. Let's go with that. Like he's actually doing a little similar stuff than what Hideki Matsuyama was doing heading into last year. Just kind of just solid play. You know, it's hitting his irons good. Like he's scrambling well. Like he's actually sneaky long off the tee too. He averages about 300. That's enough this week. And like, um, you know, I, I think his results on paper at the Masters haven't been all that great, but this is his fifth time, I think fifth or sixth time there. He was actually in contention, I think, in 2018, kind of had a bad Sunday. You know, we'll see. And then Gary Woodland, 125 to 1. I just think if I'm looking for a guy with a ton of length, playing really well, good long iron player, and for 125 to 1 for a proven major winner, I, I just, I took it. So that's my card. So I, I like all those guys. I think there's a lot of things I'm looking for in everybody. And yeah, that's what I want with. Do you hate any of those? Probably Fleetwood. Probably Fleetwood. <laughs> Fleetwood. <laughs> but, I don't well, know. Like, no number can be high enough for me to want to back him. I know, but I just I just figure if I'm then the other five and that and elimination list, and I trust the process, uh, throwing 101 at like 0.1 units, I'm like, fine. I'll just, just do that. Just, just in case. Cause can exactly. Bet in five he can six. laugh in my face and he wins. And I said, <laughs> nope, that wasn't it. <laughs> that would be the, it would be he's, the funniest thing in the world. He's probably not winning, but you know what? You never know. So, all right. Know. Why don't we uh why don't we go to matchups now? So Pamela, right. why don't you kick it off? What's your first matchup that you like? I like a round one matchup, and I'm looking to Cam Young minus one twenty over Brian Harmon. You have a long hitter in Cam Young versus Brian Harmon, who's not. You have a debutante versus somebody who's been here three times. But I like what Cam Young's game I think it really just fits the mold for somebody that can do well here at Augusta. He's long off the tee. He's really good around the green. He did take T two at the Genesis, which is comparable as far as like conditions and length goes. He also did do well at the T thirteen at Arnold Palmer. That's a big field event. I like what Cam Young's game it has molded into, whereas Brian Harmon, he, definitely he could pop off. He does have really, he does have um, a couple of good places here. But I'm just going with, I'm sticking with distance. Cam Young has the distance. That's really going to be a factor for me this week with the wind, with the rain, with it all. And I just trust his game right now for what compared to what Brian Harmon has to give. And it's just a round one. So maybe he has some of that good round one vibe, vibes, gets it done. He just needs to get one more stroke above him. <laughs> yeah, I, I like fading Brian Harmon, not just because of the distance, but, you know, even though he did finish, I think, 12th last year, that was in warm conditions and firm conditions mm-hmm. that helped him get the ball out a little bit. This is going to be cold, soft. I think he's going to have a lot of trouble this week. I like that play. So my first matchup is kind of a little bit along the same vein. Like, I tried to target a guy who has a little bit of length, good long iron play, good around the greens, versus a guy who is a little shorter is as good as his long irons and a little deficient on the green. I found Harold Varner the third minus 110 over Tom Hoagie. You know, Varner hits it about 300. He's hitting his irons great. Good long iron player, really good around the green. And you got Tom Hoagie who, you know, his ball striking numbers look good, but they tend to be a little better, you know, from shorter distances. He's not a very good scrambler, pretty short off the tee. 
you know, he's more of a guy who kind of fits more of like a Pebble Beach type. And he hasn't been playing all that great recently, you know, ever since the players. Like, I think he played really bad at match play. Maybe the bubbles burst. So, yeah, I like Harold Varner third at minus 110 over Tom Hoagie. All right, Boston Capper, why don't you go with your first matchup? It's funny. So I, I targeted Hoagie uh, in one as well, so I won't talk about that one. So I'll just go. I'll go with uh, who we were just talking about, um, who's long off the tees, a proven major winner. You got him on your outright card. I had him last week uh, when he faded a little bit on the weekend. But Gary Woodland over Billy Ho. Um, Billy Ho, uh, he, look, he played well in Florida. He's a Florida guy. His track record here is absolutely atrocious. Gary's longer. He's a better uh, – he's a better – He's a better player. He's a, he's a better putter of the ball. Um, and I can get him at minus 110 over Billy Ho, who I don't believe in at all. All day, I'm taking Woodland over and Billy Ho. He's finally Ho. healthy. I yeah. think we're saying what Woodland was supposed to be all this time, but he's finally, all, he was battling injury for so long that now we're starting to see yeah. what he looks like when he's healthy. And yeah. it's good. We're yeah, it is a good. Game. He's long off the D. He's been consistent. He was actually one of the players that, uh, the only that's helped me save face last week at the Valero. <laughs> the one that I was most worried about was actually the one to least worry about. He had a shot there to come out with the win. Yeah, finally, yeah. it seems like he's finally done it. Like he tore his hip labor. Like that's not something that's easy to come back from, especially a mm-hmm. golfer. And I mean, he looks good. And uh, if he had done anything on Saturday, uh, he he was right there. He was right there till the end uh, at Valero. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, My all God. right, Pamela, why don't you go over uh, what's your second matchup you like? Willie Z. <laughs> I have to back my boy Willie Z in with some form of fashion. So I like him. Minus 120 over Usti, Louis Uthaisen. Uh He's longer. What's good about Zalatoris is the longer the course, the better it fits for him. Since the 2020 season, Zalatoris is fourth in the field for strokes gained to green and seventh in the field in strokes gained total on courses of 7,500 yards or more. So because of that, he's, he's excelled. He's done a T8 at the 2021 PGA Championship. He had a solo second at the Farmers in January. Willie Z, he is top 20 on the tour for driving distance and top 30 for bogey avoidance. And Usti, 2021 was his year. 2022 hasn't really, <laughs> he hasn't, been, really hasn't done been much great. this year. No. It hasn't been mm-hmm. as great. And so I think he's, you have one player who fits the course layout really well. Versus somebody who just hasn't found his form compared to what he had last year. So you have someone on the up and coming and someone that's kind of fizzling out. So I will take Willie Z over Usi for the whole full tournament. I like it. All right. So my second matchup is it's pairing two bombers, but there's a little bit of a difference between the both. Because what I noticed back in the, that like 2016, 2017 leaderboard is if he were a bomber, he had to have a pretty good short game. So I tried to find a guy who had that versus a guy who just as kind of a one-trick pony. I landed on Luke List plus 100 of Eric Van Royen, and Luke List kind of just good, really good tee to green, great iron player, good long iron player, a lot better around the green than Eric Van Royen is. Eric Van Royen, he only had one round here. I think he would he basically quit after one round, but just he struggles around the green. I know he's a really good ball striker with his irons, but I just think that that's going to be really important. Like, like I think the guys who are going to struggle around the green are going to get exposed this week, and I just like Luke List, uh, so I'll take him plus 100 over Eric Van Royen. All right, Boston Capper, why don't you go with your second matchup? All right, now I laid this one before the tee times came out, so I'm a little nervous about it. Because uh, I'm taking Neiman over Berger, and I was getting plus money, plus one ten. Neiman's longer. Uh, he's he's on that. Uh, it was his third time playing, so he should be able to take a step up. Um, I don't like Berger. I don't know what it is uh, about his game that irritates me now. I don't know if it was the <laughs> I don't know if it was the policing everybody's shots and bitching and moaning about everything at the TPC and then doing it again at match play. Um, it, 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 listen, uh, 
I am a hundred percent liable to do something like that and not realize it. Uh, but listen, I, he's not as long. Uh, he's not, he's not as long. His course history here is not good. Um, give me the, give me the young stud Neiman, man. I wish he wasn't paired up with Tiger and, and going to be part of the circus, but I think the kid's mm-hmm. probably me- mentally tough enough to be able to overcome it. And I just don't trust Berger here. So, uh, I'm thinking Neiman, I'm getting plus money plus one time. Yeah. You really got a thing out for Berger. I, I mean, I, I mentioned him last night in the show, and you were just like, you just, you tried to push back on it pretty hard. Okay, I, res- I respect it. All right, Pamela, why don't you go with your third matchup? I'm going to do another full tournament head-to-head. I'm going Casey over DeChambeau. I'm finding ways to fade DeChambeau because he says he's 80%, but that doesn't really mean much because he's only played four events in 2022. He missed the cut in two of them, including last week at the Valero. He did have one eagle, and hey, maybe things are starting to turn around. But he also had eight combined bogeys. He had a double bogey. He had a triple bogey. He hit only 50% in greens and regulation. He had 42 and 29% driving accuracy. Like we were talking about earlier, had a torn labrum for what was a woodland. He's going through the same types of injuries. He had a broken bone in his hand. He had a torn labrum somewhere. I mean, whatever. I don't even know where that is, but it's somewhere. (laughs) So I'm just like, how healthy is this guy really? And you're going to be talking about he's going to want to smack it. Because of the wind, because of the rain, it just doesn't seem like it's a good matchup for him. Um, not this particularly, but it just doesn't seem like he. This is a good time for a major. No, All right, I I agree. I, I like I like that pairing with Casey too, because like so I've seen some like you know against Reed or like Hideki, but Casey, I like that one. That's very good. Yeah. All right, so my third one is. Um, yeah, you know, so Boston Capper, I told you last night we were going to throw Seamus Power under the bus at some point. Yeah, this is when we do it. So I got Thomas Peters plus 100 over Seamus Power. Oh, see, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I know. Well, because it's your boy, too. You love Peters. So, again, Peters, big bomber. Like, and that's 2017 Masters. He finished fourth. He's going to be very similar conditions to that golf course compared to what we're going to see this week. And then with Seamus Power, like, listen, he played well at match play, played well at TPC Sawgrass, played well at some of the other shorter courses earlier in the year. But, like, Bay Hill, Riviera, TBC Scottsdale. He stunk. It kind of seems like he plays really better at some of these like wedge fest golf courses, some of the shorter places. Once you get him on kind of a big boy golf course, what we're going to get this week kind of gets blown out to sea. So I like taking, getting plus money on Peters on that and I'll take him over power. So all right, Boston Camper, what's your third matchup? I got a gross one and I wanted to, I wanted to do it just because I wanted a gross one. So I'm taking, I'm taking scam champ. Over Matthew Wolf, and it's even money for me. Uh, listen, he is champ is so long off the tee. Andy has a good course history here, and he's mentally tough enough to whatever. I guess get around. Like, I, I, like that's it. I mean, that's really it. It's really a fade on on Matthew Wolf, who I think, man, the body language when he gets going bad is terrible. I know he's long, but he is wild with that. He's not great with his long irons right now, and he can't putt. And if I can get even money on a guy with good course history here who's super long off the tee. I'm going to take it. So I'm going to take Scam Champ. All right. Yeah, that's too bad that Matt Wolf is just in the weeds right now with oh, what's going on. He's got to figure that out. I mean, so. it's, been, it's been, fuck, man, it's been like a year and a half. Well, he, well, I, know, he, I was going to say, it's not you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was good in the fall, and then something uh, happened. No, he, he almost like won Mayakoba, and he almost won Houston. Uh, and yeah. he almost won Shriners. And then it just, the wheels went apart again. again. Yeah. Yeah. True. So I don't know. Hopefully he gets it right. So, all right, why don't we take a break and we'll start uh, doing positional props. 
All right. Well, listen, do you guys feel like you're always on? I know I do, especially this week. I'll, I've done more talking this week than I have in a long time. Uh, so listen, work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues and the ex- expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. And that's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. And look, uh, I know, uh, I golf all year round, but I know Steve's getting ready to do it. So a perfect time to chill once it thaws out for you northerners when you're able to golf again is after round the 18 with your buddies. And there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountain on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you will always know when it's time to chill. So uh, when I need to take a second for myself, I reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And remember, to always celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right. Let's get into positional props. Pamela, why don't you go first? Where are some top ten props you like? I am liking somebody that I think people are ignoring, and that's Colin Morikawa at 2-1. to one. Um, I read an interview. Initially, I was one of those people, too. I was like, oh, I don't want anything to do with him. I don't care how good his ball striking is. But then I read an interview, and it was very interesting. He was talking about how the first two times he played, which he got top 50, and then he got – it was top 40, and then he finished T18 last year. He was playing a draw. Somebody told him to play a draw. That just doesn't really fit for Augusta. I don't know who told him that. It definitely goes more right to left than it does left to right. And now he said that he's going to not do that advice. He's that's not what he's going to end up playing. He's just going to play the game that he knows, play the iron shots that he knows. And he has done really well on courses that are over 7,500 yards. He finished top 10, and he has played in eight events of over 7,500. He finished top 10 in five of those, including T5 at the Century, Kapalua in January. I mean, that's the length is, alone is just, like, comparable. Maybe windy conditions can come into play. And if he can just not do the draw thing like whoever told him to, he should be fine. <laughs> yeah, like if I can extend on that a little bit, like I love that he said that, by the way, like and admitted that, like, all right, I'm just going to play my game for Augusta because I remember Martin Keimer tried to do the same thing. He always played a fade and he tried to incorporate a draw because he was obsessed with winning the Masters. And look where he is now. Like he's, I think he's like 35 years old, kind of basically out of things. Is right he now. only 35? Is yeah, Martin Keimer almost 35? Yeah, he's like, I think he's like mid 30s. Like his career is basically, like he's on the Euro Tour, but. Yeah. Like he, that, that thing went off the rails, and it's because trying to hit a draw for the Augusta. So I'm happy that a kid like Morikawa was just like, all right, I'm just gonna take my game. I can hit whatever shots I can hit there, and just go and try and win. I love that. So. Yeah, he's he's won three of the eight majors, right? I, what is it? Is, what, is that like it's crazy? It's, yeah, it's like it's like, it's like uh, it's two of like nine two or something. Of, two of nine, Nuts. something like that. So yeah. it would be it would, no two of eight. So this would be three of nine. Like it would be go. it would be amazing. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you bet against yeah. them? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other top tens, or was Morikawa the only one? No, I also like Will Zelatoris. Okay. <laughs> I'm backing in. My trust is long game. My trust. I know it's a super small sample size of one that he putted well here last year. Can he replicate that? I mean, who knows? We're going to find out. But more so, I trust his long iron play. I trust his, I trust his long shots. And that's going to really matter for me this week. Maybe I'm over emphasizing it, but if there's anybody that I trust, I mean, he's top 10 in the field for, Ball striking, he stopped in the field for strokes in total. He's really good in these uh, over 7,500-yard fields. He does well in the wind of wind above 10 miles per hour, 15 miles per hour, and 20. He's top 10 in all three. So, I mean, I trust him in these conditions as well. So I trust him to finish in the top 10, plus, two, at plus 260. Love it. Okay. 
All right, great. All right, so my two top tens. Uh, so I went up and backed uh, my Xander outright with the top ten just because it seems like that's all he really does sometimes when everybody has, you know, when I have my faith in him. But I got him a plus plus 220 for a top ten, and I just think he's going to play well this week with the tough conditions. He's excellent here. And like I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of his problems right now are more with the putter. He's missing a lot of short putts at the match play. I think you're going to put him on bent grass. I think he's going to be fine. So top 20 on him plus 210. And, or uh, plus 220. And then I think Patrick Cantley is going to shake out of his funk with the irons this week. Like, I know they looked really bad, but just, like, sometimes it just takes, like, one range session or just one meeting with a coach or something, and they're just fine. And with a player like that, he's not going to stay bad forever. And if you look at some of the other things he's doing well, really great off the tee this year, really great around the greens, putts awesome on bent grass. And, you know, like, I think we're still waiting for him to kind of have a little bit of a big moment at the Masters. Maybe this is it when people kind of are losing a little faith in him. So I like Patrick Cantley, top 10, plus 220. All right. I love it. He's the number one uh, player in this field on bentgrass greens. Yeah. Is. I think four of his wins have come on bentgrass. <laughs> yeah. He, he clearly he clearly likes it. Um, all right. So my top 10s, I, I'm, I'm with Pamela. I'm on Will Z uh, as well. Um, for everything that she said, uh, I mean, it, that's it. I mean, he's a great long iron player. Uh, he's good in the wind. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think he's a great lag putter. Uh, and I think that's very important here. Um, and, yeah, so I, I'm with you on that one. And then uh, I faded him in DFS because of how chalky he was and his numbers kind of short. But I like I could get Corey Connors. Uh, top 10, four to one. Uh, great course history here. He's coming in in good form. Uh, you know, he played well, uh, well enough at the Valero. And yeah, I mean, yeah, well enough. He played well enough. He had a, he had a rough opening. He had a, he had a rough opening on Thursday and was able he to, did. and was able to battle back. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, did fine at the players, did good at API. And he's got a really good course history here. He's a great, he's a great iron player. Can't putt worth a shit. Um, so t- team no putt, right? So I got two team no putt guys, uh, finishing top 10. But yeah, I, listen, I, I think four to one's a great price. Uh, and I faded him everywhere else and I wanted to have Corey somewhere. Uh, on my cards, other than first round leader, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, all right. Why don't we move to top twenties, Pamela? Why don't you go first? Where are some top twenty props you like? There's a few players that I like. Starting first with Adam Scott at plus one seventy five. I mean, he's won this tournament back in 2013. He has so much experience here at Augusta. He did miss the cut just once, and he has eight top twenty five finishes. I trust him just for his experience alone, but he's 19th in distance. He's top 45 in bogey avoidance. He took T16 at the 2021 Memorial, T4 at the Genesis Invitational. He finished runner-up, and he won that event 2019-2020. So those are two courses that, if you need the distance, that's what. If there's a little bit of wind, those are it. I also like Robert McIntyre. Bobby Mack at 3-1 to one for him to finish in the top 20. Super small sample size, but I'm kind of, I can't overlook him, so I wanted to play him somehow, and I don't have options for uh, top 30 or top 40, so I will take a good 3-1 to number for top 20. He took T12 at last year's Masters. He had a solo eighth finish at the Open Championship. 2022, he played three events stateside. That's it. But he does have a T15 at the Genesis, and as mentioned earlier, Riviera is a pretty comp course to Augusta as far as, like, distance goes. So I'm liking Bobby Mack to... Super small sample size, prove everyone wrong that he can just show up and do well. And then the third player that I like is Cam Young. We were talking about him earlier at also three, uh, plus 325. He's second on tour in driving distance. And I mean, that reason alone is enough for me to want to back him. And this is his master's debut. 
I don't care because he's second in the field for strokes gained off the tee. He's second in opportunities gained. He's top 20 in bogey avoidance, top 10 in scrambling. Like his game, I think, just fits this course layout so well. Like I would expect him top 20 is a good number, but I wouldn't be surprised if he finished in the top 10 or better. And in February, he did finish T12 at the Genesis and he gained nearly 10 strokes ball striking. That's somebody that I trust. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I like it. All right, Capper, what about you? How about some top 20s you're on? All right, so I I, uh, I didn't do the top 10 with Xander. Um, I did uh, I did the top 20 uh, minus 115. I played a little safer. Uh, you know, the field gets stronger every year in my head. And, uh, you know, if he if he happens to have – if he's pressing and chasing on a Sunday, who knows what's going to happen. I already got an out right on him. Uh, so I was fine with that. And I got I got Tommy Fleetwood 3-1 to one, um, because of uh, our little exercise and uh, me not wanting to take him out right. Uh, like him in DFS, like him to get a top 20 here. He's playing really well, potting really well. And if it does get windy, that's somebody who I do trust in the wind. Um, and those are my only two. You know me, I don't do a whole lot of top 20s. Okay. All right. I mean, I also have the Tommy Fleetwood top 20. I think this is actually a better bet than my outright. So, yeah, so I, so I have the top 20 and him. And like one thing I noticed in 2016, 2017, a lot of English guys, a lot of Euro guys in the cold, windy, you know, you know, masters type of like Augusta national. And he has been playing a little better than what, you know, he's, you know, maybe his reputation kind of speaks to, you know, play well at Saudi, play well in the Middle East. You know, I think he played well at Valspar a couple of weeks ago. You know, yeah, I, I just think like I think Fleet was going to actually put up a solid performance this week. Um, I also like Matthew Fitzpatrick. I think this is my one guy, the shorter hitter, that I think has a lot of really elite skill sets and other stuff that he can actually you know keep up. Again, I keep referencing the 2016 Masters. He finished top ten there. That was cold. It was windy. That got about five inches of rain the week before. So and then it firmed up. Yeah, so he's going to be used to this type of Augusta National, and he's hitting his irons great. He's a great scrambler, great putter. He's added a little bit of distance too. That might help explain why he's been so good this year. So top twenty plus one sixty on him, and then I don't feel quite as good about this because he's paired with Tiger. But I went top twenty at <sighs> even at plus two hundred. But like you know. Ignoring that, if you could ignore the hoopla, he won Riviera. He's really improved his short game. Long off the tee, great iron player. Just, you know, I, he's got to win on bent grass in his career back at the Greenbrier. Like, God, this seems like forever. That was before COVID. And, but <laughs> Different I, world. I know. This is his third time at the Masters. That tends to see a little bit of a jump, too, in performance. I like him for a top 20. Uh, and then, So, you, Pamela, you say you don't have any top 30s or 40s or anything? I don't have options for that um, for my sites that I use, but okay. if I if I did, I would still choose Cam Young because I did find like on some of the legalized books you can do Cam Young plus one thirty for a top thirty. I would definitely jump all over that. Um, I, I like that. put my bankroll on that. <laughs> Gooch, okay. I like him at plus one thirty for a top thirty. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely another long player that I think he could do really well here. And Gary Woodland, we've been talking about him a lot on this podcast, and he's getting plus one ten for a top thirty. I would jump all over that. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, I I'm with have, him. I'm so I'm just so jealous that he gets to have these. Like he'll text me these on like fucking like Wednesday, and he's like, "This is my top four. He's looking great. I don't have yeah. all options for I it. I don't have that option. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. It makes me so angry. So I have only you know I only two. Money you could make doing top forties. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I I have only two, but I I went with the Taylor Gooch top thirty there. I agree with you. Like even though it's a debut guy, like there's a lot of things to like. He's got adequate length, great scrambler, good iron play like that. And then you know like Ryan Palmer showed a little bit signs of life before he choked away over the weekend, but he's got four top 40s here and six appearances. He's been hitting the ball pretty good. Top 40, two to one. I'll take that. So, yeah. All right. Why don't we take another break, and then we'll uh, go over some other props. 
All right. Well, listen, did you guys know that browsing online uh, using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without the added security, you might as well give away all your data uh, to hackers, advertisers, your ISP and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private on and secure on the Internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the Internet by encrypting 100 percent of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually visible, invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. Uh, whether I'm at home or if I'm in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70 percent off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use, and all you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back with the brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% off savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. All right. First round leader bets, which is Boston Camper's bread and butter. So <laughs> I, am. Right. I just said last week. Yes, you did. So <laughs> let's make it two in a row for you. So, all right. Well, Sarah Pamela, though. So what are some first round leader bets you really like this week? Adam Scott, 45 to one. Dustin Johnson also. Uh, oh, I think I have his odds incorrect here. It says 45 to one. That can't be right. And then Neiman, 55 <laughs> to one. Those are three players that I absolutely love. You're talking about the long ball hitters. Um, that maybe can't put together four complete rounds, but they sure as heck can find themselves at the top of the leaderboard for at least one. So, and then Adam Scott, we talked about his experience. Dustin Johnson, he's playing really well as of late. And then Neiman, we've talked about him a lot here. Um, I like them all for first round. Okay. Like all right, Boston Capper, why you go? No I, pressure, I, buddy. Yeah, no pressure. So Pamela's gonna love this one. Give me Young at eighty to one. Give me a bomber who doesn't who doesn't know any better, right? How like, is he not on my list? <laughs> <laughs> so he's gonna be long off the tee. He's gonna he's gonna he's got a good tee time in the morning. He's gonna miss uh, the majority of the heavy wins. And he, I don't know. I feel like young kids sometimes they just don't know what they don't know. So maybe he's not gonna have this like huge immense pressure on him for doing it. So at eighty to one, give me the bomber kid who was in great form. Uh, before he caught the wrong, uh, the wrong, uh, draw, uh, at TPC. And then Siwoo Kim, another guy who just get lights out and constantly flirting with the first round. And look, he doesn't always hold on to the lead, right? That's why he's Siwoo Kim, but he can, he always competes in the first round. That's 66 to one. I like Gooch with a good tee time at 66 to one. I like Fleetwood who can get around, um, especially if it's windy, uh, at 50 to one. I took two guys in the AM and I'll probably add, like I said, I always do somewhere between eight to 10. Um, first round leaders because it's fun. It's my thing and, uh, whatever. I enjoy it. Um, so Justin Rose, uh, burnt me last year. Um, I don't remember if it was the first one. Which one was it, Steve? Was it the November Masters that he burnt me on? No, it was the April Masters April where Masters. it was really hard conditions and he randomly shot 65 when everybody was getting like. Christ, dude, it was the worst. I was just watching all day and like guys come up, get close, then go back away. Yeah. But he's had really good success, uh, in the first round at the Masters, uh, over, over his career. And he's 50 to 1. I know he's in fucking terrible form. I don't care. Uh, I refuse to be burned by him again. So I will put money on him just in case. Uh, and then Corey Connors, man, he's the guy who I love to bet first round leader. He's, an, he's a, a great iron player, and if for, if he can somehow putt, he's a guy who can just spike it. So uh, that's the list for now. I'll, I'll put everything else out tomorrow. Okay. All right. So I tried to start. All right. Let's go. All right. So I tried to start my first round leader. That's kind of I think the AM is going to have a little bit more of an advantage just because of the winds are going to kick up in the PM. So I tried to stick to there. 
I also tried to avoid a little bit of either Tiger's group, the group right before it, or the group after it, because there's going to be a lot of just crowd logistics just moving around. So I wanted to get some guys that I felt were pretty good who just didn't fit that criteria. So uh, Scotty Scheffler is going off, I think, two groups after the Tiger group. By then, everybody should be cleared out. And like I, I just have this nagging issue. Like, what if he just is Jordan Spieth 2015 reincarnate? Just like, like, like he's yeah. just going to start winning everything. And, you know, we talk about with how Justin Thomas is a good caddy. Well, Shepard's got Ted Scott on the bag, who Shepard two Masters wins with Bobby Watson. Maybe he just is just that good. He just is going to dominate everything. So 25 to 1, he just gets out to a fast start. And then Daniel Berger and Fleetwood are both in the same group. They are a couple of groups ahead of Tiger. So hopefully that's before just the mass of people start rushing everywhere and they kind of get out of there. But again, Berger's really good with his first round, you know, uh, Stats this year makes a lot of birdies. Same thing with Fleetwood. Both these guys can putt. Both these guys can actually, you know, you know, put up a good number early. So those are my three: Scheffler, Berger, and Fleetwood. Okay. Well, All right. Other than now, Berger, I know, I know. You got, you know, where, where did Berger hurt you? <laughs> I don't. I really don't know what it is. I, I, I know I've bet him before, and like I don't. I really think it was his antics that were just irritating me. Like I don't know, just like a like a frat boy douchebag kind of. I don't know. No, he he called over the manager, and you don't really like that. No, I hate. No, Are you really going to have twelve first round leader bets? No, no, you got to pair. You got to pair it down. So I even I'm cut do myself all of off. Y'all. It's it's eight. So do do eight to ten, and you got to. So with first round leaders, I'm telling you, you got to do it every week and give yourself give yourself what give yourself that hard parameter. Give yourself whatever you want to lot for your unit size, and yeah, like do it every week because. It only takes one to pay for six to ten weeks, depending on what you pay for. You know what I mean? Depending on what you hit. So you it, go. it's it's gonna be it's gotta be a consistent thing. And you know, it's Masters Week. Just have fun with it, yeah, you know? Where do you hear some of these dumb fucking props I put money on? Oh yeah. Oh. We're about to get to that pretty soon. Actually, why don't we get to that right now? So Pamela, what about some other tournament props you got? Like miscuts, scoring props, like hole in one stuff, anything. Just lay it all out. I haven't gotten that far as far as hole in one, but I am taking Bryson DeChambeau to miss the cut at plus 160. How are you getting plus money value on something that is probably more than 50% chance of happening? Because he did, he missed the cut twice. I talked about in his last four tournaments. He's fighting through these injuries. He had all of that drama with the Saudi stuff. Like, there's just like not a lot going right for him right now. And the weather conditions and the rain, and it's just going to be too much for him. And he couldn't even, he missed the cut at the Valero. That's like the easiest tournament to like not miss a cut at. <laughs> and, he, and he had all, he had a triple bogey. He had a double bogey. He had all the bogeys. <laughs> all the bogeys. He had all, all the bogeys. bogeys. All the bogeys. Like, he probably accumulated for most of them in the tournament alone. Like, this is just, like, a really great spot for him. I know that he's going to want to rip it. He's not going to be able to. He's going to get frustrated. And then next thing you know, he's complaining about ants. And then he's just, like, <laughs> he just, then he just gets, <laughs> he just ends up, like, quitting. And now he's done. Miss the cut. Yeah. Plus 160. Yeah, that's I good love number. it. That's a good number. I like it. What else you got? Uh, that's the only one I have so far. That's the right. one prop we'll make, that I love. Right. We're, we're about to we're about to figure. All right, we might give you some ideas. I have so to give you an idea, half the units I laid this week are on tournament props. Like I just have a ton this week, so I'm gonna start talking, and then I'm just gonna get going. So all right, let's start with some miscut props. So <clears throat> Garrett Kago is kind of this one trick pony. Like all he can do is the driving distance, but he can't do anything else. He's losing strokes off the tee. He is losing strokes on approach. He is or er, He's losing strokes around the green. He's losing strokes putting. Just 
stinks. And basically, I'm betting him like it's a matchup at minus 110 to miss the cut. I like it. I just listen, like, even though he does have the length, like, you got to have some other things with him. And it just doesn't seem like he has that. So he's out. And now I'm going to do some more traditional ones, just shorter guys who I just don't have faith in. Mackenzie Hughes, you know, like, you think of him as, like, a tough guy, like, in, like, a lot of, like, scrappy weather. But, you know, he's really short. His around the green numbers actually haven't been all that impressive this year. He's a really long, bad long iron player, too. He's actually not that great of a bunker. So he's got to make like a zillion putts to make the cut. I don't buy it. So miscut on him plus 125. And then poor Abe answer. Just he's going to be hitting about 230 out there. He's going to have like 300 yards in every, every green. It's not going to go well for him. And, you know, that's another guy, too. He's short, really bad around the green. I think it's going to go poorly for him. Abe answer miscut plus 200. So, uh, Capper, do you got any miscut props? Like I can take a break or then? No, no, I don't have any miscut props. Okay. All right. Why don't you go, uh, why don't you take over then? Start going with right. some stuff you got uh, and then I'll finish up. All right. So I'll give, I'll give one that'll, that'll make, uh, I, I know she's going to get down on this one. Top debutante, young, seven to one, seven to <laughs> one. All right. Like for all the reasons we've already yeah. said, right? Seven to one is great value on it. Now Burns obviously is the favorite for good reason. The kid is a stud and you know, look, his number reflects it. I like to have fun with these bats and it's seven to one uh, for a kid who I think can show up and get inside the top 30, top 20, just because of how well he's been playing and his length off the tee. Yes. Seven to one. Give me Cam Young as top debutante and then top OK state. So it's basically a head to head because I don't, I don't consider Matthew Wolf a factor. So it's, it's minus 170 for Hovland or I can get plus 250 for Taylor Gooch, who I think is designed for this golf course. Uh, he's a, he's long, he's long enough. He's a great iron player. I know he's a debutante and he's going against Hovland, but Hovland's around the green game. I'm sorry, Joe Idona. Uh, he already texted me today yelling at me about my Hovland, uh, hate. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, look, I'm getting plus money for a head to head. You're not getting plus 250 with Taylor Gooch against anybody on a head to head. And it's not really head to head, but Matthew Wolf doesn't count. So give me that one. Lo- <laughs> love that. Um, and I also took a sucker bet. I don't care. This is going to be fun to root for. Um, so it's Tiger, JT, Rom, and Xander, right? So all to make the cut for plus 230. Whatever. Those, something went horribly wrong if JT, Rom, or Xander doesn't make the cut. And I don't think Tiger's going out there for a dog and pony show. I think he at least wants to make the cut. I guess we'll find out. But listen. I've been swept up by it by Twitter. Like, I don't care. It is what it is. It's a sucker bet. It's 50 bucks. I don't give a shit. It's fun to root for. If you're rooting for Tiger to miss the cut, you're an asshole. So uh, <laughs> uh, um, I'm on that for, for that silly bet. And where the fuck my other ones go? Just uh, You can jump in. I'll find okay. my other ones. And you know how bad my thing is. All right, so I got four more, but I feel pretty good about these ones. So why don't we talk about hole-in-one, how to bet that? Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of ways you can bet it. Basically, what you want to try and do is find the best odds of something that revolves around hole-in-one on 16. Either that be hole-in-one in round four or on 16 anytime or hole-in-one on 16 on Sunday. Because if there's going to be a hole-in-one, it's usually there. I think it's happened like six of the last seven years. The weather actually is going to be okay on Sunday. The winds are going to die down. Yep. And now that like all the patrons are fully back, like the green jackets are going to put the pin right at the bottom of the bowl. You know, they want the whole one to create the excitement. So it's going to happen again. Try and find something in order to get the basically try and find whatever prop you can that has the best odds available to you 
that has hole in one on Sunday and 16 is an option. So what I found was the best odds available to me, I had hole in one round four plus 185. That basically covers me right there. I'm getting plus money on something that's happened six of the last seven years on round four where they literally put a pin where it's supposed to have a hole in one. So try and find that. And honestly, betting yes on hole in one is always the best, yeah. you know, because every time they have Vern Lundquist say, and a moment to go, and you see <laughs> you the tee shot on 16, like, oh, and you're like, oh man, is it going in, going in? It's, it's great. And let me tell you too, betting no on hole in one is excruciating for the exact opposite reason. Every time they flash <laughs> Is this the time? Or you hear like a random roar on some, like on the TV, like way far away. You're like, what was that? Was that a hole in one too? Oh, I've been on no before. It's not great. Yeah. So find a way to. I bet on no. They always get a hole in one on the very first hole, like the second shot of the day. And it's like, oh, well, I don't even get a sweat. It's okay. Oh, oh sweet. Thanks. I think back in 2019 when they did, uh, they, everyone when the morning split tees, like there was a hole in one that immediately, like five minutes in, that just ended everybody's day. Yeah. So yeah, try and find something on hole in one for Sunday with the best odds available. You won't regret it. <clears throat> now let's talk about like scores and stuff. <clears throat> so I've been big about the weather this week and. The the common thing is Augusta National plays toughest when it's firm, there's low humidity, there's cold temperatures, and there's a west wind. Basically, what the west wind does is it makes a lot of holes play either into it, 13 and 15, the scoreable par fives, those the pro shots are into the wind. And if you want to score here, like you got to take advantage, and it's tougher. And they made 15 a little tougher this year. So all f- four days have a west wind. Three of those four days have winds like gusts of like 25, 30 miles per hour. You have, I think the only day that's going to be above 70 is Thursday. Friday's going to be low 60s. Saturday might not even get into the 60s. Like that might resemble the 20, 2007 Masters where I think Zach Johnson won it like plus one or something. And then Sunday, the wind's going to dry down. But by then, Augusta National is going to dry out because the wind had just, you know, swept away all the moisture out of it. There's no humidity. This thing's going to be hard as a rock. This is going to be a difficult scoring Masters. So I think the winning score is going to be around like minus seven, minus eight or so, which is like 280, 281. And right now, all the winning score props are, I've seen between like 276 and a half, 278 and a half. If you see a prop where it's double digits under par projected, pound the over. It's not going to be double digits. This thing is going to be single digits. And I can even refer to back in 2017, similar win- weather conditions. Um, that was minus nine. 2016, I think it was minus five, the winning score. So maybe somewhere in between there, I think pound the over on the winning score. Same thing on the cut line too. I've seen 147 and a half, which is plus three and a half. You absolutely need to bet the over if you get that. Uh, plus 148 and a half is plus four and a half. That might be a little more reasonable. I think the cut's going to be plus five this week. A lot of the overs are juiced at this point, but you might have to eat it. I think plus five is going to be your cut, so bet accordingly. And then now I'm the asshole. So I did not bet Tiger to miss the cut, <clears throat> but I think it's a reasonable expectation to maybe say, hey, look, in tough weather conditions, it's going to be windy, it's going to be cold, and this is going to be first round out. Might be a little unreasonable to expect to do all that great. And I found round one score of over 73 and a half, which is just like basically these guys shoot plus two or worse. And what the rationale behind that is I think the average score that day is going to be like 74 and a half, maybe closer to 75 with the conditions. Mm. And you're basically expecting Tiger to not only, you know, do well, but basically beat the field average by like a shot or two. You know, it's not necessarily saying he's going to do bad relative to the field. It's just saying like that it just might be tough for everybody. 
Yeah. So over on 73 and a half for his first round score, minus 120. Those are the big tournament bets. I feel good about them. Yeah, I like them. I wish I had access. I like. I always lament to you. I never get. I never have access to the goddamn cut line. Uh, it makes me so irritated. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you just kind of figure out like what the weather report's going to do and how Augusta's going to play, like yeah, you crushed you, it last year. You, uh, the same thing was what was, was the one Phil one where you fucking smoked all the uh, single oh, like, oh, like Kiowa. Oh, yeah, they, they mispriced all the round one score or round two scores in like forty mile per hour winds. They said everybody's going to go under par. <laughs> so I bet the over on everybody. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, let's say if you just know how the golf course is going to behave, like some of these books can just set like bad lines sometimes. So yeah. Let's take advantage of it when you can. All right. What about Chris? Why don't you uh, figure out like, or why don't you do your last little props? You got any more? Uh, so, yeah, but they're not for, so all top 20, uh, four to one, DJ Brooks and Xander, right? Another kind of sucker bet. It was kind of fun, dude. Four to one, all top 20. I, I think the person who burns me there is probably DJ, really. I know he's coming into kind of decent form and I know he's going to play well here, but other than that, and then, uh, both top 10, Ramen JT, and I got it 450 to one. I saw, when I went back and when I was looking back later today, it was down to plus 320. So I was, I was fine oh, with that. Man. All yeah. right. Pamela, who blows that? Ram or JT in that prop? Ah, uh, since I think JT is winning, then I'm going to say Ram. It's got to be Ram. Okay. He's going to finish T11. Yeah, exactly. All right. Or like T10. Oh, but that, but that, but that includes ties. So if the, if oh, okay. Who's yeah, nice? That's why right. when I saw the plus 450, I was like, I could do the math fast enough in my head, but I was like, this is a mistake. I just bet it real quick. <laughs> All right. All right. Why don't we take one more break and then we'll do one and done picks and close out the show. All right. Sounds good. Well, listen, there are never enough things to gamble on between tennis and golf. Uh, there's lots to gamble on. But look, the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily style, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and play games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable and play against others to move up the leaderboard. And you can win as much as 40K with one entry. If you don't know anything about horses, don't worry about it. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select, build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com and multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the u.s so get in the app create your account and start building your stables today invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables you can even follow them in the app and we can compare stats so download now over at stableduel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable see you in the winner circle play race and win and of course listen masters week is here and we can't forget about prop swap and if you haven't used prop swap you are missing that you are missing out prop swap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite golfers then sell your bets whenever you want many prop swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling the golfers all tournament long this allows you to win over and over without your golfer ever touching the green jacket go to propswap.com or download the free prop swap app today it has fantastic features like filtered listed tickets based on the best value a free activity fee so you know when all the big sales and the red hot tickets are for sale and a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and of course a first deposit cash match when you use promo code SGP on your first deposit and prop swap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks so Go join the real sports bettors on PropSwap. It's where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Before we get out of here, Pamela, why didn't you give us your one-and-done pick this week? I am in the pool that I'm in. I've already used Justin Thomas once, so unfortunately I can't do that one. So I'm going to have to pivot, and I'm going to do Brooks Kepka, my boy BK. And then, surprise, I'm going to – I have two pools, so I'm going to do – and I have to pick two players for both. Um, so I'm going to do Kepka and Morikawa on one, and then on another I'm going to do Kepka and Smith. Cam Smith. 
away. I really so you think do- that Marikawa is being undervalued here, not appreciated because of how he's done in, in, with here at Augusta. I already talked about and don't play the fade. You're going to be fine. Kepka, maybe he can win first or second. And then Cam Smith, I think also his distance is being undervalued here. He does have the distance. It's just not as distant as other players. <laughs> yeah. No, so it's, wait, not, it's definitely adequate. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I got to ask Pamela something. So, Wait, so what one is on contest? How does it work when you pick two a week? So for the major, the the I'm in a private one, uh, one and done league, and for the majors, we're doing two players per team. Oh, I love it. Can mm. you remember to send me an invite next year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so every other tournament is just literally a one and done, and then yeah. for the master for majors, like it. it's pick two. Now do you get do you get both players winnings or just the highest of the two? Uh, just the highest. No, you get both. You have to both players are so used. both. Nice, love it. Okay, so that's I, definitely, I definitely want it next year. Yeah, I definitely want it next year. Yeah, maybe we incorporate that in our pool last year. All right, yeah. so uh, my one and done pick. I mean, I have not used Justin Thomas yet. I'm a little worried that everybody seems to be on him, but you know what? The I mean, world all, is on him. The world is on him. I know they are, but you know what? All signs kind of point to it based on what I looked at, and I'll just do it. Justin Thomas, one and done pick. Yeah, so it's the same thing. In one pool, I, I can't use Justin Thomas because I've already used him. Uh, but I'm definitely using JT uh, in the big one and done. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, when was the last time he won? Think about that. When was the last time Justin Thomas won an event? Yeah, and the last time, the, yeah, the last time the world was on him, the Players Championship. Tiger's back. His 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 buddies there to watch him and cheer him on. Like it's fucking JT's week, man. JT's week. All right, Pamela. Let's uh, thank you for coming on. You got anything to plug before we get you out of here? Yes, I have done for Yahoo Sportsbook. You can find top 20s, top 10s, head-to-heads, the players, my early clicks, the players that I like to win, which Justin Thomas is on there. Um, there's a whole bunch of content for not just the Masters, but tennis is also going on right now. So I always do ATP this week, next week, the week after. So you can find me on Yahoo Sportsbook. You can also follow my Twitter, Pamela M35. And if you like Instagram and chicks who lift heavy-ass shit, you can also see me on Instagram, footballfit 35 Nice. All right. Pamela, thanks so much for coming on. Steve, you got anything else? No, that's it. That's uh, it. That's the end of our Masters week. So we got, we'll got we be on the uh, the big show tonight. But, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed it. All right. Well, listen, uh, yeah, listen, you guys know where to find Steve. Uh, he is Twitterless, so you can go find him on the Slack channel, and you can uh, you can, <laughs> you can can click on uh, any of the articles that he writes for Sports Game and Podcast Network and uh, come into the Slack channel, a bunch of sharp dudes uh, in there, and uh, lots of fun sweats. Uh, you can go find my article. That's right. I wrote this week, uh, for the, for some of the best bets and, uh, and picks. And, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Boston underscore capper and go follow that golf game with pod, uh, on Twitter as well. It's Masters Week, baby. There is nothing better. Let's get some fucking silly action going. Let's break them books. 